0: WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bokhari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bokhari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail, in part over their beards, says Bokhari.
1: The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide.
2: R&D in the QC episode 71. We welcome on the host of the Please Pass the Bacon podcast. We talk about the Darnell Harris tragedy, organizational restructuring at the city, and rezoning.
1: That's right folks. Welcome back. Episode 71 R&D in the QC and we're going to kick things off with two very Special guests, these gentlemen, gentlemans, if you will. Um, their names are Chad and Jason, is it? That's, That's it. correct. Welcome That's us. to the show. You guys actually have your own podcast called please pass the bacon is that, that correct? that's correct that is please correct.
3: pass the bacon very polite um, thing to do when you're asking for bacon to say please to say Amazing. please
1: now that what's has, bacon code for yeah what's it code for well law enforcement uh, there you, you go wow
3: yes. they figured that out very quickly they should be in their government than we, we were talking are, <laughs>
0: Depends on
2: who you
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so you guys are let's just say that you are because your podcast is kind of your own thing on the side but you're both law enforcement
2: agents of a sort here in the wow. charlotte area
3: yes right? local Indeed. law enforcement
0: local you got law
2: enforcement it. that's, that's it. us to the people who listen to r&d and the qc uh, on my side of the aisle i'll, I'll make sure to clarify they're not f- any federal law enforcement that's either.
0: correct uh, we do not <laughs> have any time <laughs> if to if federal uh, yes because uh, so you guys you, enjoy working, working have... at ice
3: yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very cold all of a yeah, sudden very definitely cold not there
2: not well, we, when we have those officers on, I will be far more hostile with them than I will be with you. Oh, man. We're very of the lo- local, on. yes. Uh, so we'll let you plug it first, and then we'll get into the conversation. Where can people find your podcast? Mm.
0: On their favorite podcast player. You're please pass the, the bacon. The, the only <sighs> one. We have to get to episode 10 to get to iHeart. So, or at we least that's our heart- understanding.
1: I don't know, man. I stopped caring a long time ago. Right, <laughs> Asked I mean, me a year look, ago. I'm need
2: you to get us on well,
3: Radio. we don't have no, forty thousand listeners, so and, we know and we're not on 71 episodes. On
2: Apparently, yeah. we don't even know all the formats we should be on, so we're have all
3: got some <laughs> so <we're> missing <laughs> that. Either. But we also you know have a YouTube
0: channel YouTube. as well. Yes, yes. The YouTube
1: channel. That was pretty cool. That's where I actually found them earlier. How nope. many episodes have y'all
0: done? This we just dropped episode six. Okay, so we're going to be filming episode seven, hopefully in the next two weeks. So what Can't,
1: kind of stuff have you been talking?
2: Episode six in here. Uh, I bet it
1: was.
0: Yeah. How long life. ago? How long ago was that?
2: I had no gray hair. Ten at years. That point.
1: Ten oh my. Years ago, no. I Weighed like thirty
0: pounds less. When did you start this podcast? A year and a half ago. A year and a half wow. ago.
2: When we started City Council in late 2017. So that's yeah. awesome. Well, congratulations
3: on 70 episodes, well, 70 we'll ta- plus. Thank you. Thank you. We it's, we've listened, and you guys are nearly as funny as we are. I assure you, nearly. we're funnier. I doubt. Here.
1: I yeah. You, co- uh, cops or whatever you are. What do you are. call us? Okay. Local law enforcement. <laughs> Local law enforcement. Yeah, that was offensive. <laughs> it's not funny. Well, um, Federal law enforcement. No sense of humor. Local law enforcement. <laughs> slightly better. I like it when he bit. says cops. It's good. I like so it. So talk us through like just like well, uh, what what kind of things you talk about in the six episodes that you've already run?
0: Well, it's not a an overly serious podcast. What yeah. we're trying to do is is. Peopleize the police. There you go. Trying to trying to put a human face to a badge and a uniform, because a lot of people just see us in uniform, in a badge, and they don't realize you've got screenwriters, uh, children's book authors, small business owners, dads, brothers. You know, humans behind that. You know who who signed up for this job to do good things? I know that's very cliche sounding, but that if you were to poll officers, is probably the common thread that you would have amongst. So how do you do that?
1: I, I would agree because I, I get to spend a lot of time as much as I can with uh, with cops, mm-hmm. there it is, and law enforcement. Um, but uh, as you he's know,
2: making his documentaries.
1: Yeah, I mean, I make a documentary here and there, but I mean, how do you go about? Other, do you just kind of talk about whatever jumps in your head, or do you? Strategize ahead of time of like these are angles by which we want to explore and and put a spotlight on for
2: the community. We'll let you take a guess which approach we use.
0: <laughs> we it's not super planned out. We'll come no. up with a little basic idea and really we're just trying to. We started early on with like interviewing uh police officers with atypical backgrounds. You know actors who on a whim decided hey they wanted to be a cop. Uh Who else have we had I on? I mean there? we're pretty atypical. As yeah well. we, yeah. I mean
3: neither of us are real. Neither of us had any aspirations of being cops when, when we were kids, yeah, right. And wanted to do something that we felt mattered. And like like Jason said, I mean, I write kids' books. I have therapy pigs. You run a cheerleading gym. My, yeah, my Why did wife you and not I bring
2: one of your pigs.
3: Yeah, to the studio? well, it's past their bedtime, guys. We this is past zoning. my had, you bedtime.
1: You just looked at your
2: wrist.
3: Did, like, look at what time one. that there is. There
1: so no watch. watch on it.
2: <laughs> you guys have a colleague uh, at your department that's a former NFL player. That might be an interesting interview. Well, I mean,
3: yeah. Yeah, true. I went to the academy where, with him.
2: Where you work? Remember, we're supposed to be nondescript. Look,
1: I didn't say. Where. Hey, there's but lots of cops United and Vegas. yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Lots of cops and lots of different places be could vague. be the
1: NFL. Vague.
3: <laughs> be vague. Specifically vague on that <laughs> <one>. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you guys think? So clearly, one angle is from your perspective out to the community and kind of humanizing and showing kind of that that uh, you know the human aspect of it. But what about the other way? What what do cops feel like when they look at 61, 2, th- uh, 3, whatever number we're at now, homicides for the year and um, and some of these real tragic cases that we've been hearing about and seeing lately?
0: Well, I think that they've addressed this probably on a lot of levels, but it's cyclical. Just like any violent crime tends to be cyclical Um I'm sure there's a lot of factors in there that you would have to dig into each in individual case because th- I'm sure they run the gamut from domestic violence to suspects who are known to each other. Um, so that's that's got a lot of levels to it that don't just include law enforcement, to include probably recidivist criminals. Um,
3: my goodness. I mean, we don't like it. That I mean, there's doubt right. about that. We We don't want to be in a society where people are getting killed where, where life hurt. isn't
0: valued like we
3: all and, and, and you guys it. touched on it too i mean a lot of it has to do with you can't just have a good old-fashioned argument anymore somebody's got to go get a gun there is you know you you mentioned uh, last last podcast that there's no escaping bullying in school because it's all over social media well, and, that's got to be a huge well factor. that's that's the more i'm thinking about that social bigger. media
0: yeah when you're talking about like especially uh is it generation what's the current generation. young generation z oh yeah is that right so that generation, suicide rates, since the onset of social media, yeah. pro- well over 100%, especially when it comes to young females, it tends to impact more. And if th- it's not showing causation, but there's certainly a correlation with the onset of social media. These kids don't know anything. No they t- don't know t- life t- without t- social media.
2: So uh, one question that'll lead to another. How long have each of you been officers? Uh,
0: 18 and a half years. Uh, 17 and
2: a half. Okay, so about the same. Um my question for you, I think when I talk to people, the, the thing that they're most frightened by is when they see crime. We know much of, of the crime we're seeing, violent crime, is people who are known to each other. And so a lot of people can kind of mentally detach themselves from that and say, well, I, I'm not involved in an abusive relationship or I'm not involved with drugs or, or crime or whatever, and say, well, that couldn't happen to me. But then the thing that really freaks people out, I think, the most is when you have crime, violent crime between unknown persons. Um, that type of violent crime across the city, in your time, on, like you said, it's cyclical. Do you feel like 16, 17 years ago that we were in a worse spot then? Or are we in a worse spot now? Or does it just ebb and flow and it kind of always comes back to the middle?
3: I, I, I will say something about crime numbers. And I'm not a big statistics guy. And just by saying Okay, we had fewer homicides last year and then the year before doesn't mean that it's good now. And if we're only comparing, you know, to one specific set of numbers, it's it's easy to say, yes, crime is up or crime is down. But what you're saying is, yes, I I think we're probably not much different as far as stranger crime. I mean, I
0: I don't without knowing the numbers, I couldn't give you a good answer on that. Um, But there's just so many factors to it. I mean, your
2: career—you probably feel like either we're making progress, or or we're just in a hold, a permanent holding pattern. Well,
0: but we're growing so fast, and that's another component. Is like per capita. I don't, I don't, I don't know the numbers to really speak intelligently on that. But as we grow, you know, you're going to see. So
2: what about you compare the rates of anything to 20 years ago, and we're double the population, right? Correct, correct. Your per capita crime rate and and, and, drastically lower, even if the numbers don't.
0: And and it could be higher if we didn't have CMC. Right down the road.
2: Saving lives that might have been lost.
1: That's ago. right. That's right. But I think Atrium. one of the, things, one of the things that, um, that, uh, good point. One of the things that I think is, has bothered me and many people around town lately, going back to the point of kind of violent unknown crimes from person to person. I mean, when you look at, um, this one from last week with, uh, you know, Eddie doe long rap sheet, mm-hmm. uh, by all counts, looks like a piece of crap. And uh, and gets out of jail in January and does exactly what we think he's going to do. And now Darnell Harris seems like a, a amazing guy who everyone is coming out and talking about and doesn't seek the spotlight. But, um, uh, you know, just does goes to work, grinds it out every day, uh, goes to protect all of his colleagues and and ends mm-hmm. up paying with his life. I mean, how, how does that how does that sit with you guys?
3: That stuff's hard to swallow. I mean, it's nice to see someone brave enough to stand up to these to the bad guys if you will i don't really like to say the term bad guy the the criminal or suspect um but it 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 bothers us that people are willing to harm others for their own gain and not thinking about the fact that he's grinding out every day providing for his family providing for his co-workers you know standing up to a wrongdoing that's happening right there in front of everybody so that it's hard to swallow
2: i think as a, as a disclaimer what he did was undoubtedly heroic, um, and might have well saved other people's lives. I think, as a disclaimer, we should probably state that uh, law enforcement officers are going to recommend to people that if they find themselves in a circumstance like that, that they comply and not try to confront somebody because right. oftentimes, you know, you might lose your wallet, but you're not going to lose your life. I,
0: that's uh, that's great. Adv- that's a great point because that's what we'd say. It's, and and it's another thing I'll complaint. say to that is
3: you you can say all day long what you think you're going to do in that situation and you don't know until you're there and it's i mean in law enforcement we do a lot of what ifs like on our way to a call what if this happens what if this happens what am i going to do and you try to plan that out but these are typically situations that we've been exposed to but for the everyday citizen who hasn't been exposed yeah yeah, they're,
0: they're not scripting scenarios in their head on a daily basis
1: so what so let me take my scenario then one step further here how, so we know how it impacts us as members of the community, members of law enforcement, looking at that, looking at Darnell's story, which is just tragic. But what about what about the fact that the thing that's bothered me personally and particularly is when the if – let's say that Eddie Doe, the suspect here, ended up in the, the shot that he received from Pineville Police, that ended up having killed him. And I would assume, much like other – scenarios in town we would have had all of a sudden a big group of people activate in this community to say Mm -hmm. they might and you never know what the storylines will be but it could be things of how did how did we fail eddie and what what, but those folks radio silence because it wasn't a member of of um of law enforcement that ultimately um that ultimately resulted in the loss of life it was it -hmm. was darnell i mean how do you feel because that's because that's directly pointed at your brethren in law enforcement,
3: right? And we've we've dealt with that since the beginning of of law enforcement. But um, these days, it is it, it's because of the badge and the gun. It's very easy to paint one picture of all law enforcement because we all look very close to the same in our uniform, regardless of the person in the uniform. Just that badge and gun. It's easy to say. All, all law enforcement this or all law enforcement that I tr- can't really think of another um. But you're, you guys are 17 or
1: 18 years in you mm-hmm. joined in a different era, right? Correct. It was a different reality True. then why would people? Knowingly knowing what the last five years of law
0: enforcement has been join this well, that's why we're doing what we're doing It's it's it, it's not a recruiting tool But we look at it like this the more we can try to change the culture around how police are covered the better it is for future law enforcement. Because like you said, we, here's the hard part about law enforcement. It cannot keep up with the speed of social media. You know, Facebook Live is instantaneous and anybody out there can throw up anything on Facebook Live. We don't have that luxury. And so a lot of narratives can get pushed out there and then people grab a hold of those and just things go viral. So it's very easy to dehumanize police officers and what they do and how they do it. Um, so we're trying to be a little preemptive with what we're doing and say, hey, you know, the, these are these are dads and moms and people who have other interests and, and aren't I, like they don't identify themselves as police officers except for when they're at work, you know, that's not who they are. Then if if you're putting if you're investing in the community and we do a lot of stuff with kids, especially that first through third grade, a lot of stuff with reading with kids, mm. just, just to get them on the right path. They've got a positive uh, police interaction outside of crisis, and we're we're investing in those kids so when they get older, hopefully they're going down a different path because they've got academic success. Well, and and they've
3: had that positive police interaction. So one thing that we can't stand is when parents have their kids and we walk by, oh, you better be good or they're going to take you away. That is the exact Ah. opposite of what we're trying to do. We're not going to take anybody away. Child, if you're scared, I want you to come running to us. Tell right. us you're afraid. Tell us you're lost. Tell us you didn't listen to your parents and you want to get back to your parents. It's okay. You're not in trouble with us. And and then like Jason said, it's just we're people. We're people first that are wearing that badge. And if the next generation sees that and these kids that we're reading to telling them that it's important to be respectful for your teachers or to your teachers, to police, we're respecting them. We want you to read, get good grades. We want you to be successful and when hopefully being in a uniform to these younger kids make makes a difference and we're planting that seed when they're young.
2: So to Tarks original question and I'll say the the law the police department the Tarek and I have input on I know is making uh, very concerted efforts towards this end but do you think that historically and even in certain circumstances today part of the problem with the perception of law enforcement is that the makeup of the people who comprise any police department Often doesn't reflect the makeup of the community that they're out, they're set out to protect.
0: That that can be part of it, but now if you think about the logistics of that, like if you want the department, we're already seeing departments that are short across, I mean, across the country. So if you're already short and you're trying to fill those vacancies, but now you want to
2: short on headcount, regardless of the diversity, right. yes, yeah. Yeah. So yeah,
0: diversity aside, just headcounts. And now if you want to try to make. Uh, Some departments look more like the fragile communities that they're policing. Well, now you're going to have to pull from minority communities. So it's already a significantly smaller number of people to to pull from within that community. You have to find people who are interested, and in some communities, it can be looked down upon depending on where they're from. So they have to want to do it. They're already from a smaller number of people. Now they have to be qualified. So there's all of these hurdles to get through.
1: It's a new era. It's a new day in the last five years. It begs the question. It takes a real special person to want to sign up for this today. It always took a special person. But today it's like now it's like you're that same special person. Plus, you don't mind being public enemy number one and possibly killed. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Truth, I mean, truth, truth, yep, truth, yep. truth to all that and that's why I say I, I, I get the whole I I do understand that point of view where you're like, hey, we want we want people policing us who look like us. But when it comes down to the logistics of how you make that happen, um, I think that we could benefit if you're gonna pursue that sure, but at the same time we have to
3: we have to work together as we are right now. Well, well, both sides of that shouldn't be looking at each other saying, well, only if you were this color or if you were this color, if, if we're going out on a call and we're seeing skin color, we're, we're doing a disservice not only to ourselves, we're probably putting ourselves in danger. We're going to be making decisions that maybe we shouldn't make. And I think it goes the other way, too. You know, we, we need to see past that and we need to see a citizen and the citizen needs to see a cop. And when you start there it's
2: yeah. not a it's not a quick solution, but I think what you're talking about with your work in the schools will hopefully plant seeds that will bear fruit later in terms of Correct. A, a broader willingness to consider law enforcement as a career for in communities where maybe today it's viewed as something that wouldn't be oh, yeah. a popular decision to make but I think too, it's not just about skin color I mean in this community, we've got something like seventeen percent of our population that's um, comes from a spanish speaking background, and so you know, just even having people who can quickly communicate with someone that's a is huge critical. asset. And so, yep. I, you know, I know there's a huge need for multilingual people. We have, we've actually been talking a lot about that with our city staff beyond just law enforcement, but that in all city departments, we need to be um, recruiting and, and utilizing multilingual people.
1: Yeah. F- yeah. Final question for me. And then we'll let you guys have the last word and plug the pod one more time. Um, so on the other side of the coin where, where I, where I was just ta- talking, um, How do you guys feel when you see something on the nightly news uh, about uh, somebody in law enforcement abusing their power? And it's and it's Mm. proven and shown uh, to that, because I think a lot of people I talk to a lot, a lot of cops and I don't think people realize kind of sometimes the sentiment from the overwhelming majority
3: how much we absolutely that. hate yeah, that i think yeah. there's
0: there there's probably a perception that there's this this blue wall that we put up and we all support no matter what no it, it's quite the opposite when that happens we know when we see it happens if it's been investigated and shown to be true yeah that there was some. i don't even know if it was a, i didn't dig into it but a, a sheriff's deputy down in florida some some misconduct and it was a year investigation you you read that and you're like, Man, you just made my job go. and everybody who wears this uniform. How many job steps back do we have to
3: take because of what one person did? That's correct. And
0: and I get I get that we're held to a different standard because we wield a lot of power as police officers. Um, and the more we understand and respect that and the more we can, you know, connect with with the community, the better served we all are. Um, but when we see stuff like that, and I, I think I can speak for a lot of police officers, like the overwhelming majority that that's, that disgusts us. Yeah. yeah.
2: So feel free and, and a wrap up here, plug the podcast one more time. But what, and this will sound a little bit like a corny question, but it's uh, it's genuine. What's one thing, like the, the average person who's listening, we've got a really diverse um, pool of listeners for this podcast. The average person who's listening and is concerned about the crime rate, What's what's something that the average citizen can do to help. I mean, it can't just be the police. It can't just be city council setting policy. It's got to be a community effort to change, to address these things. Is is the best thing they can do mentoring? Is it best thing they do to keep an eye out on their street and call in when they see something that looks suspicious? Or, I mean, what, what is your number one recommendation to the average person listening that wants to make a difference?
0: I don't think there's a one. I think there's, it's, it's, it's got many prongs. One would be if you see something, a lot of times, what we do is we, we hear people tell their HOA. Like they'll send them an email the next day. Hey, I, I, I saw, saw some this last some people. Night. Yeah, last night, and then lo and behold, somebody. Loading comes a home. flat screen out of the yeah, house. Yeah, you know what I mean. I thought game. it was no, you weird, but I didn't want to yeah. bother the police. So, what? so they'll tell their HOA, but they won't tell the police. So post it on Nextdoor. Nextdoor, oh, <laughs> oh, next better. door. Next door, even better. Oh my what gosh, a wonderful thing. That yeah, is. even even better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, call them when you see something, uh, knowing that you can call anonymously. Um, obviously, the more detail that you can give in that call, the better. Um, so that's I, one thing Can I get corny like you guys yeah. said that was a corn I mean so really get
3: corny the, do it. I, I really think one of the best things we can do is be good examples I mean be good examples and be good leaders because the younger generation and those around us need to see us Acting in a way that is a good example And that would make them want to act that way to keep them out of trouble to keep kids going to school and not being embarrassed of being smart or of wanting to read you know things like that 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 is a, I think a huge piece of that puzzle. Yeah,
0: that and that's the marathon piece of the puzzle. Yeah.
3: Investing in the, the first, second, third
0: graders, um, but things like calling nine one one. There was there was another thought I had as far as uh, crime goes, uh, but property crime is the biggest driver. And so, just simple things, keeping stuff out of cars. I mean, this is this is like crime prevention 101 but it's mm-hmm. but it's valid because it's so prevalent we,
2: i promise you that we get almost as frustrated as uh, officers do when we go to neighborhood meetings and and you hear people talking about well i leave my car doors unlocked just so they won't break, break my, my window, window. You're yep. like, oh my god i'll if say thank I hear that, you now hear that
3: one more time I'm allowed a yes. felony on your street because yeah. your bottom line is if there's nothing in there to take their chances of them they're not going to break a window right
1: now larkin and i are thinking about doing a kind of a mask vigilante thing that would um, be cool would you guys recommend we do that
0: what oh yeah i think that's a great idea yeah as no as one as you, has as long as you have a second yet, disclaimer so. for the episode if <laughs> you have to <laughs>
1: cover enough only. of your face where they, <laughs> right because they'll, they'll get to your family and, and change your that. voice yeah change a, voice. Deep, a deeper voice yes. and wear a mask definitely yeah dude and cool nickname though. rich so you can like have some uh, dude that makes you a bunch of crazy tools. That's right. Toys.
0: I like where you're There's going. Got we already that going have cool nicknames.
2: Right one of our listeners uh, pegged us as Bacardi and Kegelston. <laughs> oh, I no like that. No one will even know
1: it's us. <laughs> I'm like, it's Bacardi.
0: I or do, I'll be Kegleston. but yes. I but going to to plug your podcast not plug it but give you give you plug props no I just no I think that uh, what you're our doing here is awesome because I agree. It, it's just we've got a uh, society that's just divided deeper and deeper quit and drawing it, that line you don't have to sand. agree on everything I mean how many and you
1: guys too how many dudes named Jason and Chad get together and do a podcast? by the way Chad a lot of great memes out there about your name.
3: Oh yeah, have you seen this? Have a good really. Well, plus the Chad is out there. There's, There's a, lot a lot of, of like that stuff. that's just like a Chad, Chad thing to do. Chad have you seen
2: thing. that hanging okay, Chads? Okay.
3: Yeah, definitely not here. Okay,
2: Larkin's a yeah. good 2,000 presidential <laughs> reference right there. <laughs> There's
1: some new Chads, new Chad memes out there. I'll find them. I'm pretty sure it's. I'll Chad be looking
3: memes. for them. Yeah, probably because There's of none the, for Tark the hair yet. Just one. All right, v- final words from you guys. Please pass the bacon. Please pass the bacon. Peopleizing the police. Um, your your hey, favorite podcast fun. player, except for iHeartRadio. For now,
2: iHeartRadio or YouTube. Which, which apparently, we're not on either, so hopefully, none of our listeners are. But um, <laughs> how we, often do you do it? Is it weekly? We do Wish. our
0: podcasts about probably monthly, every four okay. weeks. We'd like to up that. Yeah. Step up the game, and guys. we got we got to step up the game. But man, you're not going to get to episode ten. Very I quickly. take over yeah. my living room um, when we do those. So I do have a wife and kids. Not always happy when I take over the living room for a day. Please but, pass the bacon. Yes, please pass the bacon.
2: Jason,
1: All right, Chad. so if any of
2: our listeners have a uh, a rentable podcast studio or a co-working <laughs> space, there's a lot of the co-working spaces now that build in podcast studios that people can Your come in. Your sound quality sounds amazing. So, so uh, whatever you're doing. If anybody's Jason's got a space awesome. where they can do this without getting in trouble with their families, uh, let them know. But listen to the podcast. We appreciate you guys coming on. Thanks You're for welcome having us
0: anytime. We appreciate it. Keep, uh, keep up the good work, and you Please guys do, do the same.
2: All right, all right. Well, it's good
1: to have those guys in the studio, Larkin. What else? Uh, what else do we need to talk about today? It's been a long day.
2: Well, we touched on it briefly with uh, with the officers there in the first part of the show, but um, give you an opportunity to plug with what happened down at Steak and Shake, the yeah. gentleman that lost his life. Um, the officers talked about how tra- tragic it was. You did, and, and you've done. Um, you've set up something to try to help that family. So plug that if any of our listeners. Want yeah. To yeah. After, and th-
1: this is the first podcast since then, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I think it was Tuesday of last week. So yeah. it's right after right our after. last episode. So
1: yeah, I mean, it's been a long, a lot's happened since then. So you, the, our listeners remember that last time we, we uh, launched a pod episode 70, we talked about the DA's visit Spencer Merriweather, the chief talking to us about violent, uh, repeat criminal offenders and, um, all those kind of things that 18 hours later, uh, resulted in that steak and shake robbery and Darnell Harris losing his life. Like we talked about earlier in the episode. So I, I, I was feeling especially, um, helpless and frustrated. And so was one of my friends, Doug Lebda, uh, CEO of LendingTree. And, and especially because he had one of his, um, employees of LendingTree that was inside the restaurant at the time and he didn't get, um, shot or hurt but he was right in the mix of all of it and Doug also he called me and wanted to figure out what we could do so I said well why don't we launch a GoFundMe together and he said yeah and I'll match it up to twenty thousand dollars so as of this morning and I actually got to meet with uh Darnell's family um this morning um and and talk through kind of what's going on with um with everything on their front and the memorial and funeral and everything which they had a memorial tonight, and we couldn't be at because we were at council. Um, but it's you know it's just wonderful to be able to help a little bit. It's raised last time I checked over fourteen grand directly in very small numbers, small dollar amounts. With the match is twenty eight thousand, so it's it's a material amount of money that we can do some good in the memory of, of Darnell. And then uh, so tomorrow,
2: if you, so if you go to your. Your social media pages. There's links there, or if yeah, they're on GoFundMe, what can they search for? They can
1: search just Darnell Harris, um, and and it will come up. Darnell
2: with two, two L's, two L's,
1: yeah. And um, and then tomorrow, if you're listening to this now, uh, uh it's Monday, or if you listen to it Tuesday, um, at at eleven to twelve. By the time
2: you publish this thing, it's going to be Tuesday.
1: That's right. Eleven to twelve uh, is a, a viewing, and then at twelve o'clock is the um is the ceremony for um for darnell and in his funeral so um information is posted on social media about that as well
2: so um yeah we hope people will look at helping out the family there uh, obviously gonna be facing a lot of unexpected emergency expenses uh with everything that they've got going on this week and um we had some other news since the last episode I think it was Friday of last week that the city manager rolled out uh, a new leadership org chart and uh, some really awesome people that we already have here as as department directors and other things at the city uh, are now going to be moving up to assistant city manager roles. So our planning director, Taiwo Jaioba, uh, is going to be wearing two hats, uh, both of the planning director and now as an assistant city manager, kind of in charge of that planning realm of our council priorities. Um, Angela Lee, who's the department director at Charlotte water promoted to assistant city manager. She is someone we both know and, and both think a lot of uh, Victoria Johnson, who is head of solid waste and has been serving as an interim assistant city manager is going to be moving up to a, you know, a special assistance role with the manager's office. And, uh, and our friend Tracy Dodson will stay on as the assistant city manager, kind of piloting the economic development efforts. So, uh, we've got, you know, we've talked about a little bit in the last, a couple of weeks and, and a few months back, several folks in leadership roles at the city have had opportunities to take on a, a new challenge in their career, a new level of leadership as uh, in the case of two of our assistant city managers, city manager of Asheville and county manager of Gaston County, respectively now. So um, great opportunities for them. We hated to lose them, but we are uh, we have a deep bench and I think we're replacing those folks with some really strong team members that that have been a part of Team Charlotte for a while. So excited to see how they, they grow into those roles. And and we've they've got strong people that they've developed behind them to fill those director roles. So I think uh, kind of like uh, you know, some of these college basketball programs that lose a bunch of stars to the NBA, um, we don't rebuild. We just reload, and we've got good people to come right in behind them. So feel good about the direction of the city. We had a zoning meeting tonight, and it was long, and you had some sticky ones. Hmm. Decision-wise, you might want to touch on, um, I had one that we approved unanimously in NODA immediately adjacent to the Sugar Creek, light rail station, light rail station, uh, for transit oriented type development. Uh, the, I think you had two or three kind of, I had four big total, decisions.
1: four total cases that were on the docket supposedly for tonight, all controversial. One of them, the one that I actually kind of was, uh, leaning towards being opposed to got deferred. That was the one, off of sardis that was um an aging community uh project uh, so we didn't have to make that decision that'll be delayed but i unless something drastically change i have i have some real problems with it the other three were um um off of uh providence drive down there near wendover um that one um neighbors were very opposed but they came together and they found some middle ground, and they got some concessions from the petitioner, and they ended up supporting it, which was great. Um, then we had um, the next one was uh, Shalom Park, the Aldersgate project. They were diametrically opposed a couple months ago. We worked, did a lot of work, and then ultimately um, there were a couple individuals, I'd say three or four, that were um, still opposed as individuals. The problem I had was, there wasn't a formal neighborhood association or organization around the street of Jefferson, but there were in other areas. So everyone that was formalized uh, voted in support of this. And then a, a good chunk of everyone else came together, worked, got some concessions and supported. It. And these other folks, um, to be honest, they were uh, they were being ridiculous. I'm, I'll call somebody out when they're being ridiculous. These couple couple folks led by this one gentleman were, were being outrageous in how they were approaching this to the point where their own neighbors wouldn't allow them to come to the table when they were having discussions because they just were not being productive and they were saying false things. And it was just, it was embarrassing for them to be honest. So, um, so, you know, I'm, I'm fine moving on. i view that as a win for the neighborhood and the petitioner uh, no, not withstanding. And then finally, the, the third and final one that we voted on tonight was Carmel. I never got to them to the place where um, they could support, but, uh, we worked a lot with them. And, um, you know, again, it was just a case of I, I've decided to govern a very specific way around these cases, which is if it's within the realm of what's allowed in our policies and ordinances that are there, i am um, I'm, I'm going to lean towards supporting that. 10 times out of 10, unless there's some kind of very strange scenario going on. If they're asking to do something over and above what our ordinances and policies and plans allow for, I'm not closed off to that, but I'm going to default to the neighbors and I'm going to have them go to the negotiating table and find concessions that make up for that. And I'll default towards them. These cases were all in the former um, for the most part. So, um, You know, I I, that's the kind of thing for being transparent and making this a business friendly town so people know what we are going to do before they ever come uh, up for a vote. And that that is that is how you lead towards um, being being predictable and and predictable business environments lead to um, thriving business environments. And, you know, I'm not going to I I know people don't love the decisions on all fronts, but I'm not going to apologize for that.
2: I just had the one note out of the decision. I had a lot of hearings tonight, um, many of which were nondescript. One notable one, Van Laningham came back in front of us. We've already approved one thing. This was an adjustment to what we approved last year. Uh, but come hell or high water, this council's going to see to the preservation of the Van Laningham estate. Uh, I don't see any issues with that. The one You were deeply involved in that way back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean, that's like the never-ending story of the so Van is Laningham.
1: This, is this uh, – because I – I hadn't done a lot of prep work before I saw that one pop up. I was focused on the other ones. Is, is this better than what was on the table then?
2: Depends on who you ask, but I think that, um, I think ultimately yes, but there some well, different. the other one had some a pool, different... didn't it? Well, <laughs> that was like three plans ago. Oh, right. Um, a lot's happened, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, it literally has become the never-ending story. One of the things I think is cool is some of the the infill development they'll do that will allow for the preservation of the Van Lanningham Estate is really, really compelling architecture that has like living walls. I and saw that. Have that looked a, cool. A lot of greenery growing on the building to kind of help uh, it blend into the landscape of that very. What's
1: the uh, use of those gardens? buildings? Do we know that?
2: Be a mix of um, kind of like light retail, like a coffee shop or something like that, yeah. and offices. And there had always been some talk of of office use there, which I think is appropriate. There's but a lot of people still do weddings and stuff yes, inside so the, the main estate. The van Laningham will still be used for events um, as it has been, but they'll also be investing in the maintenance and, and, and some up fits in on, and some deferred maintenance on that property. So it's it's a good thing for the preservation of it. And most of the neighborhood is supportive the pockets of the neighborhood that aren't are, are generally the people who have not been supportive of any of the petitions that have come forward uh as a re- as it regards van Lanium. the one that i one hearing that i'll specifically call out beyond that uh of the others i had is the dream scenario that unfortunately uh, you didn't get on any of your your decisions tonight which is I had one in Elizabeth the seventh and Caswell intersection where Jacob Jackson philosopher stone used to be mm. another never ending story in district one. I think it's the project that um, sometime back there was a residential proposal there that former council member Claire Fallon referred to as Russian barracks. I think that was, as she said, <laughs> she said everything, it looked like <laughs> Russian barracks. I, I'm pretty sure that was the petition she was talking about. Back Miss then. her around here. She was, she was a character. <laughs> um, this is not for residential. This will be for office and, um, office retail food and beverage establishments, but it's a, uh, it's compelling architecture. There were concerns from the neighborhood. I think a lot of them liked the uses better. They liked maybe the project better in a lot of regards, but there were parking concerns compared to the previously approved plan. Um, I was worried that this was going to turn into what you dealt with on some of yours, which is kind of a knockdown drag out where people dig their heels in and, and you can't find that middle ground where everybody agrees. Uh, and through the hard work of the petitioner and the hard work of the Elizabeth Community Association, they came to the hearing tonight all on the same page. We never get that. At best, nah. after the hearing, people will finally get on the same I'll, page. I'll tell you, when, when, but, when you I mean, sit
1: down and, and, and operate and, and, and go to the table in good faith – I use that word very, explicitly. and we both say that a
2: lot. And and what in good faith means is that you, you, will be honest about what you want, and then when you get it, you'll you'll get on board. And, right, and exactly. A lot of times we see people moving the goalposts. Exactly. And there are people who just try to continually nitpick, pick it, but are never because... going to actually exactly. get on board with it. Exactly. And so if you're yes. never going to get on board with it, that's fine. But just be honest about ex- that. Uh, ex-
1: that's exactly right. And you know what? Um, I, I'll sleep like a baby knowing that <laughs> because uh, it'll be 1230 by yeah, the time yeah, you up. Yeah, anyway all right screw it so um uh, w- on another note before we close this out um will you be joining me in this area 51 uh storming raid tell me you know about this
2: i have no idea what you're talking about you are about.
1: kidding me you don't know what's going is on is this right a pop now? culture reference i mean it's, it's it's part of current pop culture dude seriously Look out look on, look first of all what do you do are you not like on your phone does it have not have the internet well, somebody launched an event
2: i typed in area and it and google populated 51 raid
1: yes dude somebody put a a joke facebook event out there or something that said um, you go, for we're it. all going to go. The first go article our, that
2: popped up said area 51 Raiders will be met with arrests and yeah, dude, desert they, obstacles. they said, well, let's meet up on September 20th or something like that. Storm 51. It's a joke, but the air force is concerned. I'm out. Dude,
1: over 2 million people said they were going to go. <laughs>
2: well, that's basically a, a blood oath commitment.
1: That's but th- what they're saying is they can't kill all of us. And, 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 what really the beautiful part of all of this, I, I responded as interested, <laughs> but You're still your options. The, only, the beautiful part is all the memes that have come out on this. I mean, one of them is like, it's got a picture of uh it says how I'll be leaving area 51 and it's got the picture of the kid from never ending story on Valcor. <laughs> you know, the, you don't know what that, you don't know what I'm just, you, oh my God, you know what we got to bring back this whole pop culture thing. You don't know. You just didn't know several things. All right, so you don't know what Valcor is. You don't know it. You list you cited never-ending stories several
2: times today on your own. I mean, I'm aware that it's a thing, and so then I thought, well, these stories are never-ending. They're like never-ending stories. So you just <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about never-ending story. Don't cite things
1: that you aren't aw- This is terrible, Larkin. I want every every die-hard listener of R&D in the QC who remembers back in the day when I used to call when actually cared to call you out on the carpet for your lack of pop culture knowledge we are back there again and it was by accident
2: you're terrible yeah well i'm now looking at this area 51 raid and uh i'm gonna i'm gonna say i'm busy whatever day that is dude but you have fun join us just bring me back something from the ship you're terrible i can't believe i can't believe we do a podcast together well
1: Sometimes I can't either. Valcor, You need to immediately go watch the never-ending story.
2: I'm sorry. Did I tell you, uh, I should have told you this last week, and maybe I did, but I'm old and forgetful. Did I tell you that while I was sick like two weekends ago, and I was home all weekend and almost literally didn't get out of bed, I watched all four Indiana Jones movies? Did I tell you that? For the first time? For the first time.
1: I don't know what to say. So to you that.
2: don't even praise me when I try to catch up on I mean, things. I
1: guess. That's like. Yeah. I'm
2: going to say they're a little sillier than I expected. Like, the the effects. Now, granted, I know it's 30 years ago. But, yeah, you're but, just a little <laughs> late. But, they I do, mean, they were doing a lot little of over CGI the top, back then. A little then. over the top with the effects.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, they had to do everything manually with, I feel like, like, stones I feel like stuff. Nickelodeon
2: 10 years later was doing higher level effects on, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Is that a good reference? I don't. I don't know. I don't you like don't know I don't what Legends mean. of Hidden Temple is? No. All right. Well, now you're the idiot. Does
1: it drop? Uh, does it drop it slime of... on your
2: head? No, that was doubled there. Man, you okay. So Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon is, your is my, thing. my wheelhouse. That wow. and saved by the bell. <laughs> okay. Anyway, right. Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, I think we're running out of good topics. Immediately go
1: watch that. I will not, dude. Um, Valcor. You don't even know Tr- Atreyu. You don't know Valcor. You don't know the, know the Swamp of Despair? I know about Wakanda. I mean, that's dude. That's like...
2: All right. People have all stopped listening now. We should no, just leave. No, the
1: diehard are there. Okay. I know you're still there, Joe. Those of you who are still listening, thank you.
2: I don't know why you're creepily whispering to him. Thank you. Go to sleep I think that's now. as good a note as any to end the show on. Uh, thanks to our guests from uh, Pass the Bacon on at the beginning. Please, Pass the Bacon. Check them out uh, when you're done listening to our podcast. And as always... We appreciate your loyalty and you're helping to spread the good word about r and and the QC.
1: Let's kick field goals next week, me and you, buddy.
2: That's a really specific reference to one listener. And
1: we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>